Welcome to the Sermon Audio Podcast of Hill Country Bible Church, Georgetown. The podcast bringing you biblical messages that encourage you to put Christ at the center of everyday life. We're here to help you engage in the local church and to invite you into a life that matters through Jesus. If you have any questions about your next step, visit us online at hillcountry.life. And now for today's message. So I want to welcome you if you're here today or if you're watching online, we're glad you've joined us. In a recent survey, only 10% Get this, 10% of Americans said they struggle with procrastination. (laughs) Right. You know what my thought is? The other 90% never got around to filling out the survey. That's probably it. You know, in actuality, there are several varieties of procrastination. You may not know this. There's recrastination, and that's when you put off the same task over and over and over again. There's bicrastination, and that's when you have the ability to put off two tasks at the same time. And then there's concrastination, and that's where you pretend to accomplish a task that you're really putting off. Now, did you know that there's actually a Procrastinators Club of America? Yeah. I've read they have 16,000 registered members, but they claim that 20 million more just haven't gotten around to joining yet. And their motto is this, we are behind you all the way. (laughs) I love that. They hold a 4th of July party every single year on January 6th. And here's their favorite poem. Procrastination is my sin. It only brings me sorrow. I know I ought to change my ways. In fact, I will tomorrow. Yeah, nailed it. So this morning, we're kind of in between sermon series, and I thought that we would tackle this subject that we don't talk about a whole lot in the church, but you may be surprised that the Bible addresses this in multiple ways. In fact, if you got the outline, and all of you did, it's like pages of different Bible verses related to this. You know, the truth is, most of us know the right things to do in life. It's just that we tend to put them off. We say things like, well, tomorrow... Later, you know, one of these days, I'll get around to it. You know, if we all just did what we know we ought to do in lives, our life would be a whole lot better. But the truth is, we struggle with this tendency to procrastinate. And so today, what I want to do is I want to look at how to defeat this problem of procrastination, because it really does hold us back from reaching our fullest potential in life. And we're going to look at three areas related to procrastination. First, we're going to talk about the causes of procrastination. Then we're going to talk about the costs of procrastination. And then finally, we're going to look at the cure for procrastination. So first, if you want to defeat procrastination, you've got to pinpoint the cause. And the Bible, believe it or not, identifies at least five legitimate reasons for procrastinating. Anytime you're putting something off, I bet it comes back to one of these reasons. And let's walk through these real quick. First of all, there's indecision. Folks, indecision can cause you to procrastinate. The Bible says in James 1.8, a double-minded man is unstable in all he does. If you have a hard time making up your mind, that can lead to procrastination. Okay? And these days, everywhere we go, we are inundated with choices, aren't we? And it tempts us to procrastinate. I was in Walmart one day. I went in there just to get a toothbrush. And it was ridiculous, okay? Like 160 different kinds of toothbrushes. Do we really need all that variety? You can get paralysis of analysis in the pharmacy section. 
and you delay simply because you can't make a choice. So indecision is one. Another is perfectionism. Perfectionism can also paralyze us and cause us to delay. And what happens here is we think, well, I don't have the time right now to do this perfectly, so I'm not even going to begin in the first place. I like the Living Bible's paraphrase of Ecclesiastes 11.4. says, if you wait for perfect conditions, you'll never get anything done. The Bible says there's nothing perfect in this world except God and his word. And if you keep expecting perfection from yourself, your spouse, your children, your circumstances, you're going to be severely disappointed and you'll tend to put things off. Right? Another cause of procrastination is fear. Whenever we're afraid of things, we tend to put them off. Sometimes it's the fear of failure, so you don't even want to try. Because after all, if I don't try, then I can't fail, right? Or it could be the fear of success. Like, well, what if I attempt this and achieve it? Then how will I maintain that success going into the future? You know, sometimes it's fear that keeps you from making that tough phone call you know you need to make or scheduling that appointment you know you need to schedule. Sometimes it's fear that keeps us from sharing our faith or using our gifts to serve others or pursuing that dream that we've had for years. Fear traps us. Proverbs 29.25 says, Fear of man will prove to be a snare. Right, A fourth cause of procrastination is pride. Pride. You know, pride is the root of all kinds of evil, and it can be linked with procrastination. In Isaiah 48.4, God talks about the pride that permeates the entire human race when he says this, I know how stubborn and obstinate you are. Your heads are as hard as bronze. Ladies, you might want to try that verse on your husband sometime, okay? Say, honey, you're an Isaiah 48.4 kind of a guy. (laughs) He won't have a clue what you're talking about, okay? Just try it. See if you can pull that off. But procrastination is often a way of passive resistance. Think about this. If you're a parent, you know this. Kids do it all the time. You tell them to do something, and they get around to it in their own sweet time. Like you ask them to clean their room, like, okay, I'm going to do it later, just not right now. Yeah, that can be a form of rebellion, a challenge of who's really in control. You, know, you can always passively resist authority, through procrastination. Like we may not have the courage just to say no, and so we put it off. We put it off. And then finally, the biggest cause of procrastination, the one we're most familiar with, is laziness. Proverbs 13.4 says, lazy people want much, but get little. You know, it's been said we're becoming a nation of lazy people, of couch potatoes, that America's favorite word these days is easy. And that's why you'll never see a bestseller entitled 10 Incredibly Tough Ways to Lose Weight, right? <laughs> Six really difficult ways to get in shape. Now, we want the easy steps. We want the easy payment plan on our car. And, and the lie that we believe is if we put it off, it, maybe it'll get easier. Or if we just delay, it'll go away. But the truth is procrastination only makes things worse. All right, so there you have five causes of procrastination. What about the costs? What about the cost of procrastination? I think most of us are aware of the fact that oftentimes there's a high price tag associated with procrastination. 
So I'm not going to spend too much time on this, but I think a brief reminder of how high that price tag can be, it may motivate us to want to change. So three costs of procrastination that are spelled out in the Bible. First of all, procrastination wastes opportunities. Look at Ephesians chapter 5, verse 16. Paul says, make the most of every opportunity. Think about that. Make the most of every opportunity. When opportunity knocks, God calls us to open the door. But I wonder how many opportunities you and I have missed simply because we've procrastinated. Opportunities to serve, opportunities to build into someone's life, opportunities to do amazing things for the glory of God that we have missed simply because we hesitated. Second, procrastination causes problems. Procrastination inevitably causes problems in life. Proverbs 15, 19 says, a lazy fellow has trouble all through life. Have you ever procrastinated filling up your gas tank and then the next day ran out of gas? Yeah, raise your hand if you've done that. Go ahead. Let's all admit. Okay. Yeah, right. Or even worse, you do that and then your wife takes your car out and she runs out of gas. That may or may not have happened to me. That creates problems, doesn't it? I'm telling you, procrastination makes life harder. On a more serious note, you've probably known somebody who procrastinated about going to the doctor. They put it off, they put it off, and then when they finally go in, they find out the cancer is spread. Boy, that is a tragic consequence of procrastination. My mother did that, my uncle did that, they both died of cancer. And the fact is, the longer you wait, the worse it gets. It never gets any easier. Finally, a third cost of procrastination is that it hurts others. Look at this. Proverbs 18.9 says, a lazy person is as bad as someone who destroys. Oof. You know, most of us know procrastination hurts ourselves, but have you ever stopped to think about the fact that you're hurting other people? Like showing real love to people, it takes time, takes energy, takes commitment. And when we procrastinate, we're not putting in the effort we need to to show real love to that other person. I think one of the reasons a lot of marriages split apart is procrastination. Like both people know what they ought to do, but they're just putting it off. They don't want to have that tough talk they know they need to have. Or they're not spending time together as a couple like they know they need to be. And eventually they just grow so far apart, it seems easier just to get a divorce. So wasted opportunities in life, causing trouble for myself, creating pain in other people's lives. Yeah, those are tough things to think about. But until we get honest about the real cost of procrastination, I don't think we'll be motivated to want to change. All right, so that leads us to the more encouraging part of this message. How many of you are ready for some encouragement? Okay, good. How about the cure for procrastination? What is the cure? Like, what does the Bible have to say about how we can get over this problem? Well, before I lay out the cure, I want you to think for just a minute, okay? I want you to stop and think in your brain about some area of your life where you have been procrastinating, okay? If you want to write it down, that would be great. If you're too nervous to write it down, just kind of think it in your head. But it's not going to be useful, this message today, unless you pinpoint a specific area. And, and I'm not thinking about trivial things like I need to clean my garage or answer all my emails. Now think of something you know that you know that you know 
that God wants you to do, or you know you should be doing that and you're not doing it, and then write it down. Right? If you can't think of anything, you're in denial, ask your spouse. They'll be happy to tell you, I'm sure. Let me just toss out a few suggestions here. Have you been putting off getting serious about your relationship with God? Is that something you're procrastinating on? Maybe you need to take a step of obedience and get baptized. Or maybe you're thinking, you know what? I need to invest. I need to build some relationships with brothers and sisters in Christ here in the church. I need to get involved in a small group. Or or maybe you've got gifts and abilities and you know you could be using those to serve the body of Christ, to serve other people, but you're not. I mean, those are all things that are clearly spelled out in the Bible. Or maybe you say to me, Brian, hey, I'm doing all those. Check, check, check. All right, then write down something else you know God wants you to be doing that you're not already doing. And then you can follow these four biblical steps for defeating procrastination. Write these down. First of all, stop making excuses. All right, stop making excuses for whatever it is you're putting off. You know, Proverbs 22, 13 always cracks me up. It says, the sluggard says, there's a lion outside, right? In other words, I can't go outside and work. I mean, who knows? I might get mauled by a wild roaming beast out there. It could happen. Ben Franklin once said this, people who are good at making excuses are seldom good at anything else. Oof. Yeah, Hello. You know, we live in a nation of people these days who have become quite adept at excusing themselves of responsibility and then just blaming others, blaming circumstances. And what's even crazier to me is that at times our legal system seems to reward those who make lame excuses instead of taking responsibility. For example, every year they announce the winners of the annual Stella Awards. How many of you have heard of the Stella Awards? Okay. Just so you know, the Stella Awards were named after this 81-year-old lady, Stella Liebeck, who spilled coffee on herself. You may remember this. And then she successfully sued McDonald's for making that coffee too hot. And that case inspired the Stella Awards. And they're given to the most frivolous, successful lawsuits in the U.S. And I'm going to read you just a few of the winners here. One lady, Kathleen Robertson of Austin, Texas, right here, was awarded $780,000 by a jury of her peers after breaking her ankle, tripping over a toddler who was running inside a furniture store. The owners of the store were understandably surprised at the verdict, considering the misbehaving toddler was Miss Robertson's son. <laughs> True story. A Philadelphia restaurant was ordered to pay Amber Carson of Lancaster, Pennsylvania, $113,500 after she slipped on a soft drink and broke her tailbone. The beverage was on the floor because Miss Carson had thrown it at her boyfriend 30 seconds earlier during an argument. $113,000. One more, Kara Walton of Claymont, Delaware, sued the owner of a nightclub in a neighboring city when she fell from the bathroom window to the floor and knocked out two of her front teeth. Well, this occurred whilst Miss Walton was trying to sneak in the window of the ladies' room to avoid paying the $3.50 cover charge. (laughs) She was awarded $12,000 and dental expenses. Now, I'm no attorney, but something is amiss here, right? 
And we shake our heads at these examples, but I think they're really just exaggerated versions of our own excuses in life. Like, what excuse are you giving for not doing what you know you ought to be doing? How about this one? Well, when things settle down, things are never going to settle down. It's called life, okay? Trust me. When things settle down, you'll be dead. That's when things will settle down. I mean, for the rest of your life, you're going to have problems. Health problems, financial problems, relationship problems. There's never going to be a time when everything settles down. Reality is learning to live your life in less than perfect circumstances, okay? All right, it's time to get practical again. What is my excuse? Like, what's your excuse for not doing what you know you ought to be doing? Think about it. If you have the courage, go ahead and write it down there. My lame excuse is. Put it down. And I know I'm being brutal today, but I I don't think we're going to stop procrastinating until we admit to ourselves why we've been putting it off. Think about that. Is it fear, perfectionism, indecision? Now, once you stop making excuses, then you're ready to move on to step two, which is this. Turn to God for help. Folks, you got to believe that God is willing to help you and God is able to help you. Like he wants to get you out of this rut. Jesus said this in Luke 18, 27, what is impossible with men is possible with God. Now, this particular step, I think it could just sound painfully obvious to us. But how often in life, think about this, how often do we wrestle with problems in our own strength for days, weeks, months, even years before we finally break down and say, I can't do this. And then we cry out to God for help. Well, my suggestion is to begin by turning to God with your procrastination. And don't kid yourself, you desperately need God's power in your life to overcome this procrastination. I mean, the reason you haven't been able to do it is because you don't have the power on your own. If you could have, you would have, but you can't, so you won't. So you need to pray for God's Spirit to enable you to overcome this bad habit. Next, you've got to schedule a deadline. This is important, people. Good intentions are never good enough. Waiting to do something until some magical moment when you finally have the time is just kidding yourself. You'll never have the time. You have to make the time. you got to literally take the opportunity to write it down on your schedule. Put it down on your calendar. So maybe what you thought of earlier is, you know, I want to get closer to God. I want to start reading my Bible. Great. Fantastic. When are you going to start? Like, write it down. Write down the specific date. Here's when I'm going to get started with this. Or maybe you thought, you know, I've got this relationship over here, and I need to mend it. We need to have that tough talk together. Great. When are you going to do that? And don't write down 2023. No, make it soon. Make it specific. Because here's the cool thing. Once you write it down, you've moved it from a wish to a decision. And let me encourage you, start with just one thing and set a deadline. I think the reason we often procrastinate in certain areas is because they're huge tasks. And in those situations, just schedule the very first part of that task. you got to break it down into bite-sized pieces or you'll be overwhelmed. It's like that old saying, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. So what's the elephant in your life? Like, What's that one area where you just can't seem to get going? You just can't seem to get rolling? 
Some of you may be thinking, well, I've got so many elephants, I can make Hannibal jealous, right? Just pick one. Pick one and start on the first part of that project. Whatever you've been putting out, put it on that calendar. Get started. Look at Proverbs 21, verse 5. I like this. The plans of the diligent lead to profit. I want you to underline plans there. The plans of the diligent lead to profit. You got a plan to do this. You got to schedule it. Proverbs 13, 11 says, he who gathers money little by little makes it grow. That's good. That's that one bite at a time, little by little. And I would submit to you, this is not just a financial principle. It's a life principle. Most things that grow well in life grow little by little. Our spiritual growth, becoming like Christ, it happens little by little. Relationships with other people, they develop, they flourish little by little. Understanding this little by little concept, it keeps you from procrastinating, from waiting for some huge magical moment where everything's just going to suddenly come together. Okay, so once you stop making excuses, you turn to God for help, you set a deadline, the final step to defeating procrastination, it's really simple. You ready, folks? Here it is. Start now. Sounds simple, doesn't it? Start now. Not next month, not next week, not even tomorrow. Start now. You say, well, one of these days I'll get around to it. Now, one of these days is really none of these days. You're just kidding yourself. You say, well, you know, I'm, I'm aiming to do it. Okay, stop aiming and pull that trigger. The Bible says, do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring forth. Isn't that good? I'm going to read that again. Do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring forth. None of us are guaranteed a tomorrow. You don't know when your ticket's going to be punched and you're out of here. And so it's kind of arrogant to presume upon the future and say, hey, I've got plenty of time. James 4.17 says, anyone then who knows the good he ought to do and doesn't do it, sins. Boy, that verse becomes really convicting, doesn't it, if you tie it into this whole area of procrastination. I think it shows how serious procrastination is. Like it keeps you from becoming all that God wants you to be. It wipes out opportunities. And most of all, it presumes upon the future. None of us are guaranteed a tomorrow and neither are the ones we love. So whatever it is, getting baptized, building relationships, getting out of debt, start now. Start now. President Bush was once famously quoted as saying, sometimes inaction is not an option. That's a very true principle in life. Sometimes inaction is not an option because not to decide is to decide. If you say, I'm not going to decide about this, you've already decided. You've already said, no, I'm not going to do anything about it. So not to decide is to decide. So now that you've heard from God's word, like the causes of procrastination, the high cost of procrastination, you got a choice to make. Are you willing to accept God's cure for procrastination? My hope, my prayer for every one of you guys is that you would take that primary area you've written down and get after it. Start going for it. Start working on it today. Right? Don't put it off, whatever you do. Don't say, okay, one of these days, you know, later, tomorrow. 
Now start right now. Let's pray. Lord, it's easy for all of us, even at times when we're not aware, to put things off, to procrastinate. I'm sure we have jillions of reasons, and some of them may sound very legitimate. So help us just with your Holy Spirit to examine our hearts, to think about our own lives and some areas that maybe for days, weeks, months, years, decades, we've been putting it off. Maybe we're afraid, maybe it's pride, maybe it's just downright laziness. But I pray that we would think about how it's hurting ourselves and how it's potentially hurting other people. And it's certainly keeping us from making the most of the opportunities you've given us. So God, help us beginning today to identify whatever it is we need to start working on and ask for you to guide and direct us. We need your wisdom to figure this out. We need your power to follow through, God. But I know because your word talks about it so often that we have got to focus on this. We've got to pay attention to this. Because so often we may have not because we've asked not. And we don't want to get to heaven one day and look back at all these opportunities you laid before us that we missed. God, thank you that you love us, that you show us grace even as we stumble and fall through life. And you want the best for us. So we love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, folks, have a great week. And whatever that area is, get after it. We'll see you.